Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. What is up, y'all? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Geek Podcast. I am Jose. And this is Wolfie. Welcome, y'all, to another wonderful, lovely, fantastic, and fun episode. Uh, We're going to have a fun conversation about what if this week. And apparently, Wolfie has a curveball for me. But first, let's talk about the quick disclaimers. Y'all know we're recording remotely. Not much to say about that. Let us know if there's anything wrong with the audio. Um, Like, rate, share, and subscribe to your favorite podcast. Uh, The best way to support us is to comment as well on our social media posts and rate us, rate us, rate us definitely, please, on Apple Podcasts. That's one of the best places to help us get some exposure, and we really appreciate any feedback y'all have. So slide into our DMs at Get Geek Podcast on all your favorite social media platforms, and yeah, that's the best way to help us out. Anyways, uh, let's get right to it. Wolfie, what's the... What's that thing you have for me today? What's that interesting curveball? Hey Wolfie, I think you're I think you're muted. Hold on. Oh, I was muted. Yeah. My bad. Um, it's a good thing that I'm muted now, not like before when I was coughing all over the uh, <laughs> all over the uh, the podcast, all over yeah. the recording. You should see the um, edit that I did of that. There's like so many little spots, like little slivers, <laughs> where I had to cut out the snorting and the coughing. Yeah, I totally felt that I was I was sick. I felt that I was. Uh, I thought that I was hitting mute correctly, but I didn't realize I was uh, recording on the wrong mic. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's not so much of a curveball as it's a just a question that I want to pose to you. Mm-hmm. What if mm-hmm. we also did a bit of a geek out before we go into the what if discussion? Okay. It's been a minute since we've done a geek out um, and there's stuff I want to geek out over. Uh, and I just can't hold it any longer. <laughs> There's stuff for me too. I, I actually think it's a good idea. There if we go. weren't going to do a what if episode, I was going to say like, we should do a geek out episode. So I think we're on the same page here. I mean, you're probably going to guess one of the things that I'm geeking out about right now, but you could guess, okay. if you know, what I, I don't, I don't, is going I don't on this know. weekend. Um, but I'll talk about it. Let's, let's talk about what do you want? What do you want to talk okay. about in terms of geek outs? You want to go ahead and well, all right. So rolling? obviously so obviously the thing that, that that I'm geeking out over is something that I think the, the vast majority of the world is currently geeking out over, and that's Squid Game. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Oh, obviously I can't go into any spoilers. This uh, is one of those shows that must not be spoiled interesting. at all. Okay, it's, it's one of those good, shows though. that you just it's, – it's that good. I mean, there's a reason why it's on track to be Netflix. Netflix is uh, number one all-time streamed show. Hmm. Um, it's uh, – you know, the the things about the show that I think that make it great um, are obviously, you know, you know, it's got a it's got a great story. It's basically a uh, um, a survival battle royale style kind of show, you know, okay. um, and and, you know, the, the, the things that make it special is that the characters themselves kind of all represent you know, people who have kind of that are down and out, but are down and out mostly because of their own doing. And okay. 
this the squid game gives them a chance to redeem themselves in a sense okay okay um the story is fascinating the pacing of the show is is amazing it's one of those shows where like I didn't feel like a minute was wasted at any point. A second wasn't wasted at any point. So mm-hmm. it, it didn't feel like there was fillers or or anything that I had to kind of like trudge through. Um, I'm in the process of seeing it a second time mm-hmm. uh, just because I, I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. And for sure, there's like little nuances that I have missed. Ooh, a second um, watch. That's an impressive. That's a real endorsement right there. A second watch. Yeah, because I don't show. I don't do second watches, not because I don't want to do second watches, but because I don't usually have time for a first one. <laughs> is there so. is there one season of this so far? <clears throat> it's only one season as only far season. as uh, as far as the creator is concerned. Um, he. He hasn't he hasn't like closed a door on like a potential second season, but he didn't make any plans to continue the story at all. Okay. Um, and what's interesting is that he wrote this story, you know, over a decade ago. He he I believe he created the story in 2008, 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, around 2000, 2008 is when he like created it. 2010 he started shopping around and he just he's he was just getting shut down over and over and over again, you know, all over the world. Um they were, you know, he was told that his concept is uh, too unrealistic and that the story doesn't make sense or that it wouldn't that 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 nobody would would watch it and so on and so forth. Maybe but 10 he years never ago. stopped shopping around maybe 10 years ago, but he never stopped shopping around. And now it's on track to be the greatest Netflix show of all time <laughs> so far. Okay. So. So, yeah, so he never made he never gave it any thought. He never gave it any thought to a second season or anything like that. Um, so this may be one of those shows where we only have the one season. Um, the acting is superb. I mean, you know, just to, just to, just to kind of put it in perspective, this is a Korean show, Mm -hmm. but one of, one of the most endearing characters is a, is an Indian actor that's playing a Pakistani man who is fluent in Korean and is playing, you know, a Korean expat. Okay. So um, where you find that kind of talent, I have no idea. I'm talking about he's not like it sounds. I mean, obviously, I don't speak Korean, but it sounds like he is very like he was born and raised over there. His fluency, as far as what I can tell, mm-hmm. uh, comparing it to the, the the other actors on screen um is is impeccable um and the por- performances by all the characters are is unbelievable and one of the main things that i love okay. about squid game is that it really feels like this is a live action anime that didn't take any shortcuts like i can see this being an anime and every single piece of it from the scenery from the costume from the the character design the characteristics of the characters themselves mm-hmm. um how scenes were acted out Every single bit of it could be easily translatable to an anime, like frame for frame. So, uh, and 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 I don't think I've ever seen something that I would say, "Oh, we can make this an anime," versus making an anime versus to a live action. So it's it's just it's it's really really cool to see something like that from my perspective. Okay. So I've been totally geeking out over that. Um, yeah. I'm glad to hear your opinion on it because I'm not necessarily generally one to jump on the the bandwagon. I'm not trying to be contrarian or anything like yeah. that, but like I don't I don't really go and watch something just because everybody's watching it on, especially on Netflix, because I think some stuff on Netflix that's 
a little silly and a little little dumb to me at least has been like the number one stuff but like your your opinion now has made me much much more interested and i'll definitely go watch it oh dude you need to like if you can you listen listen you if you if you see the first episode you Mm -hmm. will binge the entire show they are one hour episodes and they're nine episodes Mm -hmm. but it is easily bingeable okay i'm gonna check it out the plot the plot twists the turns the it's just the, the the action it's the drama the suspense it's all of it's there it's it's an amazing show i will be very very surprised if this does not sweep at all the awards next year interesting wow that's that's an impressive yeah. endorsement okay all right yeah seriously what so. else have you been uh geeking out about besides squid game anything so, else no you know it's not, you know aside from that i got the last issue the the latest issue of spy x family uh yeah i'm so, talking about that yeah and 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 again it's one of those things like it's it it feels nostalgic to me to have to wait this long for a new issue of a book to come out Mm -hmm. where i am eagerly like waiting for it in the mail and i finally get in the mail and i open it up and i start reading and now i realize um how nice it actually is to kind of not have things like not binge things that's another thing too. Like, even mm-hmm. though I just said Squid Game is super bingeable, which it is, mm-hmm. um, and I'm glad that I binged Squid Game. I did kind of give myself some time in between to process it. Mm-hmm. I simply finished binging it because of all the potential spoilers I kept seeing. Like, I kept seeing posts, and I didn't want to get spoiled or anything like that. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to like finish it. Um, but aside from that, it, you know, I I kind of had like a little bit of a uh, um, I don't want to say epiphany, but you know, like kind of an aha moment that I enjoy the wait. You know, I enjoy waiting for the book, reading the book, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not rushing through the entire book so that I can kind of give myself time to process it, give my time, myself time to enjoy it because mm-hmm. I know that it's going to be a whole nother month or so before I get the next issue. And I realized I kind of enjoy that on the perspective of shows too even streamable shows i like the wait you know instead of like everything out right away um you You know know, visions which we spoke about last time Mm -hmm. uh um it all came out in one shot i think that that was a little bit different because the episode is so short but i also would have been perfectly fine with weekly shorts you know, the, just you to mean, give myself time to enjoy each episode, talk about it, discuss it, that water cooler moment. And then the following week, another episode comes out. I like the wait. I don't I think I'm kind of not into the whole releasing all the episodes in one shot anymore. Do you think that certain things, certain shows are bingeable and could be and, and it's acceptable for them to be binged and certain shows are Shows that you would want to wait for weekly weekly releases or like manga waiting for monthly releases or whatever that is. Because I think an example of a show that we both like that would be terrible if we binge watched it is Attack on Titan. Because the cliffhangers are so great every week, I think, that it wouldn't be as fun if you just got that resolved immediately. But do you think there are certain shows that are that are good for binging and should be binge watched? Like is Squid Game a good example? Well... Well, so, the, so so here's the thing, okay? I don't believe that any show should actually be bingeable. 
I mean, I think that, all right, okay. let me say, let me rephrase that. I think all shows should be bingeable in the sense that you, it, it's the, the story and the, uh, the, the creative process that's being, you know, utilized, um, creates a desire to like, just want to keep going. It's like compelling, but I don't yeah. think, yeah, I want it to be compelling, but mm-hmm. I don't think that we should be consuming it, uh, by binging it, you know, because if you think about it, if, if a show, if for example, you know, squid game, um, while highly, highly bingeable, um, you can kind of lose the, the, the suspense and the thrill of it. Um, and the fact that like, if there happens to be a cliffhanger hanger ending, you know, that that's going to be satisfied by the click of a button, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. not even the click of a button, just sit there and continue watching watch. Cause Netflix will, will just play the next episode for you anyway. Okay. You know, so there's no time to really enjoy that suspenseful moment of wondering what if, right? Haha, what play if? on the words of this episode. <laughs> um, and, and the other thing too, is that I don't think that, I don't actually think that the public wants to, even though it might be on a subconscious level, I don't think that people actually want to binge. I think that we're kind of forced to binge by the social media machine, right? Because if something, if all the episodes come out in one shot, you know that the next day or even the same day that it comes out, mm-hmm. everything's going to be spoiled on social media. So what does that do? It forces you to want to binge so that yeah. you don't miss out, so you don't get FOMO, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I don't think that the that, that people want to binge for the sake of binging. People want to binge for the sake of not missing out on what everybody's talking about, you know? Well, but look, I don't think that the uh, that I don't think that the uh, experience is is a um, what's the word is amplified by binging. I actually think it's diminished by binging. Okay, okay, I can agree with that. I can definitely agree with that. There's some shows that I think maybe like after the fact, if you watch them after they've been out for years, like Breaking Bad, I didn't watch it when it first came out. Sopranos, I didn't watch it when it first came out. Your tendency mm-hmm. is to maybe watch like one, two, three episodes sometimes, so they get binged sort of. But that's a little different, I guess. And well, like I think a show that, that really that, you're watching in real time, right? I think that that's a uh, product. So one, so so everything. I I think that everything um, goes through evolution, including um, production, right? Including the creative process. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think that before uh, instant download was a thing. Um, since shows were created in the form factor of weekly or monthly releases, even mm-hmm. um, it it allowed it allowed studios, writers, production companies, and all that to kind of stretch things out because they know that like people are going to wait for it anyway. So now I can add a little bit of filler to this episode, so I can stretch it out, so I can draw it out a little bit longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What the instant download has created is the 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 ability to tell an entire story that everybody's just going to watch and the faster they consume it and watch it the more engaged they are the the more they're going to be talking about it on social media so now this has forced um creators to to trim the fat and not have so much filler you know mm-hmm. because if if you want a show to be bingeable you can't have the filler yeah, you if have. There's a filler. It's gonna make people stop and pause and like, oh, I'll pick it up tomorrow, or maybe never pick it up again. There's much okay, more so of a tendency, it's... right, for like eight or ten episode seasons. I remember when it used to be twelve, maybe fifteen, for like some of the prestige shows. Even more and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But like, yeah, it's 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 basically like forced them to. It's it's evolved the creative. Uh, I think the creative world 
in the sense that like now there's less filler. Now, if we go back and have these shows that have no fat, have no filler, but then give us weekly releases, I think that that is the perfect recipe for um, entertainment. Because the other thing, too, is that what has happened with all this instant download is that now you have a plethora of instant download shows that are kind of unnecessary. It's too much. It's information overload. Like how many times, I mean, at least this happens to me, I'll mm-hmm. go to Netflix and there's so much there in front of me that I just end up not choosing anything. And I just go back to the office because too much information. I'm just going to go back to my little safe space. <laughs> I haven't watched Netflix a lot recently, but like a good example of of weekly releases that have been compelling for me are this week's ep- um, episode that we're talking about or this week's show that we're talking about. What if, right? The mm-hmm. Marvel shows, mm-hmm. the MCU shows, Disney Plus in general. You know, with the Mandalorian and with all that, other than Visions as with the shorts, it generally has been doing the weekly release schedule on Wednesdays. Right, which right. Which is a solid idea. Yeah. I really like how compelling it makes it for me to wait like a week to see what's going to happen with this this crazy storyline and this crazy idea. So I appreciate it. So that. same thing with same thing with Spy X Family mm-hmm. is that I'm, a, I'm I realize that I'm enjoying the experience of like not rushing through the book, mm-hmm. right? You know, maybe when I pick up some other manga that have already been out for a while, I'll pick up three or four at a time. And then I want to rush through the book because I know I have another book sitting there waiting for me. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying reading the chapters and then putting it down so that I can enjoy a little bit of it tomorrow and the day after. So this way, because I know it's going to be some time before I finish it. And I, I yeah. realize that I am enjoying the experience of consumption versus consuming the product as quickly as possible. It's almost like I have, you know, a nice meaty steak in front of me. I want to take my time enjoying each bite versus rushing to shove the entire steak in my mouth. So you're kind of geeking out about episodic releases. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess I guess the overall geek out (laughs) is that I'm enjoying uh, episodic the shift to episodic releases because I think there's a shift happening. Yeah, there's old school way that we kind of used to consume it always yeah back in the day yeah and it's now kind of shifting back to that which is nice yeah all right with the exception of squid game because obviously it didn't come out episodically yeah but it was one of those things that netflix was constantly shoving in my face at the end of every show is like we think you'd be interested in squid game Game. and i'm like no 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 and then i finally see like a bunch of like anime references to squid game is like i gotta check this out (laughs) all right yeah yeah i'm gonna check that out because your recommendation means a lot in this case because I usually don't watch a lot of stuff on Netflix. Netflix definitely does do more of the binging model, but I think they'll probably yeah, have to switch yeah. as well. It's their, it's, their, it's their tried and true model. All right. All right. So is it my turn? Should I talk about yeah, what yeah. I'm geeking out about real quick? I got a couple Absolutely. of things. Uh, I got Let's three things, it. but I'll move through them quickly. Um, the first one is uh, a movie that I saw recently on HBO Max um, that is a prequel to one of the most famous TV shows of all time. I'm talking about The Sopranos, and I'm talking about The Many Saints right. of Newark. Um, I have not seen it. Uh, it's Spoiler-free. Yeah, it's going to be a spoiler-free review. I saw your Facebook post. So Yeah, you saw my Facebook post. So I'm actually going to talk about, like, in a sense, like how I'm geeking out about it and how I enjoyed it, but I'm a little upset by the movie. Um, okay. And it's, it's kind of tied to what you were talking about in terms of episodic releases, because I feel... I feel, excuse me, instead of releasing this movie, which, you know, this was the the, the creator, David Chase's intention. He wanted to create a movie. He didn't want to do anything like a series or or anything like that. So respect the creators, but respectfully, it would have been so much better as like a mini series or something like that. So I'm kind of geeking out in, in, in a lament about 
the many saints of Newark and how good okay. it could have been. But I'll talk about a little bit of of the the movie again, spoiler free, just a mention of characters. As you might imagine, a lot of the characters from the original TV show, The Sopranos, show up in a younger form uh, in The Many Saints of Newark. As, as you know, as you, or you, as you may be aware, the premise of the movie, um, again, spoiler free, is about Christopher Moltisanti, uh, if you remember his character from the show, mm-hmm. his, his father, Dickie Moltisanti, who was one of the really, really big mobsters in New right. around that time. And if you wa- remember The Sopranos, Tony definitely mentioned him and how much he looked up to him oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. quite a bit. That's why, that's, why, that's why he took Chris Moltisanti under his wing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why he like spoke of him as family, as a nephew and all of that. So the movie talks about, uh, this is essentially before Christopher Moltisanti is born. And um the movie that just kind of shows you a little bit of young tony's life and some Mm -hmm. of the young crew's life and i think that the thing that upset me as i mentioned in the facebook post is that at least in the beginning of the movie a lot of the actors are kind of trying to pull off a caricature of some of the original sopranos characters but i want to say and I, I wanted to mention this and I like typed this out in a Facebook post and then it like got deleted somehow. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to write this all over again. So I'll say it here. I actually appreciated by the end of the show or by the end of the movie, like how much these actors had evolved into the roles. I gave the example in that Facebook post of Silvio, mm-hmm. the car- yeah. character or the actor who played a young Silvio being very much a caricature and being the worst example of it. But by the end of the movie, you saw what I liked about Silvio as a character in The Sopranos, you saw the reliability, you saw the emotional intelligence that he had. Even though he was a very ruthless individual, he was very smart at reading people's emotions and reading people's thoughts and ideas. And I I actually remember when I saw The Sopranos, this was this is a little bit of a spoiler for The Sopranos, not The Many Saints of Newark. Um, there, was a, there was a part in the series where he was the, the boss for like a couple right. of episodes because Tony was yeah, incapacitated. Yeah, I he was such a I thought he would be such a good and reliable boss and I would have loved for them to have explored that a little bit more cuz it was just kind of like Tony got better and he went back to being the boss and that was kind of the end of that whole theme yeah. and conversation but so by the end you saw the actor really like dig into the meat of that and the character the actor Farrah Farmiga who played uh Livia Tony's mom in the show, uh, in the, in the movie. Oh, it's Vera. She, oh, I like Vera her. Farmiga. She does a fantastic job. She's not caricature yeah, at all. Wow. Um, Corey Stoll plays Uncle June. I think he does a great job as well. He starts off as a little bit of a caricature, but he he gets into the meat of it pretty quickly. And by the end of the movie, this is especially why I'm a little upset. You really see Michael Gandolfini become his father in a sense, at least his father as Tony Soprano. And that's the point. Well, I mean, of the, the whole point of know? this, yeah, the whole point of the movie is to, is to see the transformation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like yeah. you see a lot of the mannerisms throughout the movie, but mm-hmm. I think like I think it was probably emotionally difficult for Michael Gandolfini to even try to yeah. pull this off. So by the end, I think he more leans into it and he sees it as this loving homage that it's supposed to be to his father and to his father's mm-hmm. you know iconic character. So. The Many Saints in Newark. I recommend watching it if you're a fan. You might come off a little disappointed, like I said, in my opinion, because you would have loved to have seen these characters in like an eight-episode, 10-episode season. But there's definitely a possibility with the way the movie ends for even something like that to 
to occur. So we'll see what happens if David Chase changes his mind. It's it's interesting because I think that the original idea was to be pitched as a show. Mm. And uh, Michael had originally kind of sort of said that he would do it. Um, mm. But then over time evolved his thinking and didn't want to didn't want to be typecast. Didn't want to be put into like kind of stuck on a roll. I get that. That happens that happens to be under the shadow of his father where he literally has to play his father um his father's character essentially it's not even like being under his shadow as in like you know for example you know denzel washington's kid um what's what's it john john david john 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 david washington um you know he's he's you know not that he's under the shadow of Denzel Washington, but everybody knows that that's Denzel Washington's kid. So there's like yeah. a certain you know a certain pedestal that you have to like be put on or you know live up to. He didn't want to have to do that, let alone have to play the character that his father's most well known. I can respect um, that. Yeah, and so but he didn't. He also did not want to not do it. So I think that's why it shifted because this was something that I think was in the works for over a decade. Mm-hmm. I remember being really excited about this a long time ago. Okay. I felt that like, oh, like there's going to be a new series. I can't wait. Huge Sopranos fan, uh, which is why I was really into like the whole idea. Um, but uh, I can appreciate him at least wanting to to be a part of all this. Um, yeah, if it doesn't sound like if he doesn't, if if Michael decides that he doesn't want to be in the series, I don't think they. I don't think that they should do a series if he's not a part of it. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I respect that. I definitely respect that. But check it out if you're a huge fan. Check it out. And maybe one of these days we should do a conversation about the Sopranos. I don't know if Walt and the boys have seen it, but it's definitely I would totally worth doing be down for. I love the Sopranos. I've seen the Sopranos. I've seen the Sopranos from beginning to finish at least five or six times. Oh wow! Um, I, I love the Sopranos. You saw my I my other thoughts yeah, I about saw, it. I saw. Well, I saw. Again, I don't want to get into a, a, a whole discussion yeah, about Sopranos, yeah, yeah, but I'll yeah. leave. I'll leave at least with this. I really, really enjoyed still the final three seasons, but to me, they weren't on the same level. Only because the the I had heard that the plan was to have Nancy Marchand's character Livia kind of be the big bad in season four, and then unfortunately the actor passed yeah. away, and they couldn't right. do that. So I. For yeah. me, I think, and and I this is somebody that saw the series years later after it came out. I saw, I think, a moment where there's that show trying to figure itself out again after it didn't know what to do with what it was building up. Right. To. Yeah, that's, so that's true. That's very true. That's, that's for me. very true because I think I think the fourth season was the most the the, the weakest uh, season mm-hmm. of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see the show live as it was coming out. I, I jumped onto The Sopranos after the uh, second season on HBO. Um, okay. so I was, I was glued to the TV every, every week when the season was out and stuff. Um, but yeah, I do, I do remember that being the case that it okay. was supposed to be Livia, the big bad, and then they switch gears. I do enjoy like some of the stuff, but yeah, you know, we can, we can go there. There's, oh, there's a lot to talk about. In we, 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 we could, we could, we could like, we can have a whole episode on Christopher Moltisanti. Pine Barrens is one of my favorite hours of television of all time. Pine Barrens is one of the. I think it's. I think. I think that episode alone has won quite a bit of awards. Mm-hmm. So as well it should. Yeah, it's funny. It's 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 very well written. It's awesome. It's it's yeah. my favorite episode yeah. of The Sopranos. But let's let me move on to I guess my my other things that I'm geeking out about so we can get into the what if conversation. Yeah, yeah let's uh, get into the what if. I'll mention that I have two games that I've been geeking out about. 
One of them I have spoken about in the chat. Uh, it's Hell Let Loose. Uh, I've been playing a demo, a trial, actually. It's a 10-hour trial on Xbox Series X. I haven't finished those 10 hours. I think about four hours. I played about four. Um, okay. It's really, really, really fun and really, really different for anybody that's looking for a first-person shooter experience with a little bit more of a hardcore edge. Hell Let Loose is really, really great. It's a World War II first-person shooter, um, which has been done before, obviously, many, many times. But the twist on this one is that, uh, again, it's got the hardcore edge. So there's no crosshairs on screen. Uh, one shots, one one shot, one kill in, in almost every case, or at least one shot, one down. Um, if it's a headshot, you're instantly killed. Or if it's a grenade, mm-hmm. you're instantly killed. If it's a shot to the body, you can be revived by teammates. And it's like a super tactical shooter, just like very, very slow paced. Sometimes you'll be running for four or five minutes to find a flank on your opponent and like really come from the side when, you know, most oh, first person shooters, you're like running, you know, to get there back to the battle really quickly. And you do try to flank, obviously, you're not running straight into where you died before. But like this game, you really have to think about going around in these huge maps and like it's kind of a capture point based game uh it's only multiplayer uh another aspect of how hardcore it is is that most games give you a notification when you kill your opponent in battle in this game you don't see a notification you have to visually confirm the kill oh wow i've i've played rounds so so, so do do you get do you get a score yeah no matter what you do get a score if you you look at your score you can see how many kills you have okay but and by that's what happened to me by the end of the round i didn't think i killed anybody in like the first few rounds and like it doesn't show you the kills i don't think directly at the end of the round but then i looked and i had like six kills and i was like oh okay like that's awesome like this is really really realistic in the way that you have to play this game you know it's still a video game there's still like some run and gun moments and and kind of fun and crazy moments but like it's so slow and tactical and I'm I can I really can't wait to sink my teeth into the full game and like try that multiplayer. I'm gonna definitely bust out my headset like that because the community I've I've heard and I've seen, uh, or I, I've I've heard myself and I've heard through word of mouth, is very very like positive and polite and they'll help you figure the game out. It's not really a bunch of trolls and like jerks like a lot of other games in multiplayer. So I'm looking forward to trying more of more of this game. Uh, the last thing I'm geeking out about, and I'll try to keep this as brief as possible because I'm also super excited about having played this recently. Um, we played the Halo Infinite beta last week. This week, I'm playing the Battlefield 2042 beta. Uh, and that's... I, I, I think everyone here that follows the podcast knows that... Uh, yeah. Jose's been looking forward to this. That that's nineteen forty two. That's the one that I. That's the one that that you you could have guessed at the at the head of the episode. But the beta is from the sixth to the tenth of October. I've been playing a, a really good amount of rounds of Battlefield twenty forty two, getting a feel for it. And uh, right off the bat, I'll say that so far, the gunplay in terms of like time to kill and like recoil and balancing excuse me, different weapons. I think it's pretty fantastic so far. That's the thing that I've always enjoyed about Battlefield over Call of Duty. I think the guns are more distinct in a, in a slightly more realistic way. It's not, it's not realistic, but 
The, yeah. the distinctions are like really, really great between the different weapons and the time to kill in terms of like bullets and how long it takes you to like fire a burst at your enemies is always pretty short in comparison to Call of Duty. Uh, okay. You can take a bullet or two more in, in a lot of situations. So it feels well balanced. That was a thing that was a problem with Battlefield 5. They changed the balance of time to kill and bullets to kill a lot, which the community was really upset about, uh, very constantly upset about, and they kind of messed it up. Um, but it feels good in this game. The graphics look really, really nice, uh, are very, very smooth on the Xbox Series X. Uh, the destruction is really great so far. That was something that I always enjoyed about Battlefield, the way that you can destroy buildings and structures and different things. And in this one, they've, they've gone back a little bit to the Battlefield Bad Company roots where you could destroy pretty much everything. That's something that they mm-hmm. took out, I think, probably for performance reasons in the last couple of battlefields you couldn't destroy everything anymore probably wanted to make it look prettier and run smoother but the xbox series x and you know pc and ps5 give it the power to run these games without problem with a lot of destruction effects so that's fun um some of the specialists are are cool and their gadgets are cool you have robot dogs it is 2042 and i thought they would be like poorly balanced but they're actually not too overpowered. They, they do spot enemies from a good distance, which is a nice helpful thing that they do. They run around and like they see an enemy and they beep. And they start shooting at it, but they don't like kill too many of your enemies. They're not like super overpowered and just killing everybody, which makes them a good balance. Because if they did that, then it would probably not be very fun. Uh, you have a, a like a grappling line, just like you do in the new Halo Infinite game with certain classes. So you can just grapple onto buildings and stuff like that. And sort of like shoot your way to a building or to a rooftop. Um, there's, there's you know, flying drones and different kinds of, kinds of things like that. And the game feels good so far. There are definitely bugs. It's a beta, but it actually feels yeah. really polished at this point. Um, it's going to be multiplayer only. So the fact that it seems this polished for a beta that I think is a couple of months old, a beta build, is, is very encouraging. I think um, I haven't played it since they released it to to everyone. It was a early release to EA EA Play subscribers and people who pre ordered the game. Um, but yeah, it's it's really fun so far. Uh, I can't wait to see the other game modes. Uh, there's a new game mode that's coming out that sounds like it's supposed to be a twist on the the battle royale genre, uh, which I enjoy. Mm. But you know, definitely getting a little stale with all of these battle royale games. Yeah, um, for sure. And I can't wait to see what people are going to create in the Battlefield version of Forge, which uh, is apparently going to have some great features and allow you to take assets from Battlefield 1942, Battlefield Bad Company, and Battlefield 2042 to create multiplayer games. So you could have World War II soldiers fighting modern soldiers with modern tanks versus World War II tanks. It sounds really f- crazy and intriguing. You can change the balance of teams and have teams have less players to balance that out. There's a lot of power and how you can create a lot of different game modes and games in Battlefield 2042. So yeah, I'm going to keep it short like that. Like I said, I don't want to go on and on and on about it. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I've been geeking out about a couple of fun video games this week and many Saints of Newark. Like I said, check it out if you're a fan. Hell Let Loose, Battlefield 2042. So yeah. Sweet. I was done with that. That's my geek out. That was fun. That was exciting. (laughs) And I'm probably going to go play those things a little bit in a while. (laughs) Well, before we geek out over uh, what if, just a quick reminder to uh, like, rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, take a moment now while you're listening to you know share this uh, episode with a friend. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, help help a brother out. Help us out. <laughs> <laughs>
help us out, please. Thank so, you. We appreciate what it. if? What if? What if? What if we talked about what if right now? What if we talked about what if right now? So, what's up? All right. So, I guess we got thoughts about that show, right? Um, Let's see. So, I guess... I'll start with uh, yeah. the open question of, did you enjoy it overall? No, not a review, but like, were you happy okay. with the show? Overall? All right. Well, all right. So I did enjoy it overall mm-hmm. because I enjoyed, you know, how can you not enjoy these sort of scenarios, so to speak? Yeah. That even though while it's still canon, it doesn't feel like it's really canon. Yeah. You know, because it's the multiverse, it's just, right? Because it's the multiverse, it's not our world that we live in, it's not our universe. So it feels like, you know, whatever happens in other universes in a very, you know, um, I guess, the like, representative of, like, actual humanity right now, whatever happens over there, I don't really care, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I did enjoy it. I think uh, I, I thought all the episodes were, were, were great. All the episodes that I saw, there are a few that I did not see. Oh, okay. 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 But... I did make sure to watch, you know, the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, especially, you know, with the cliffhanger ending that we had last week and, you know, all the hubbub, you know, over the watcher and stuff. Yeah, you're going to get spoiled. Um, I will one, say on that media. I actually, I I actually was a little disappointed by the final episode. Interesting. Let me, let me ask you very quickly so that I don't end up spoiling any of this because this is going to be a little bit more of a spoiler uh, I mean, conversation. We, 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 we have to be in a spoiler territory, exactly. guys. I mean, you compared know, to geek so. outs, we, we got to talk about this. So, which episodes did yeah. you not see? So I don't spoil them for you. No, you can spoil. It's all good. Okay. All good. Well, I'm just curious. Yeah. Which episodes have you not seen yet? Um, I did not see the Black Panther episode. Oh, as to where as Star he Lord. is a. Uh, as Star Lord, and I did not see, I guess, the Killmonger episode. Oh man, you missed both of the the sides of the, yeah. the Black Panther story. Yeah. Okay. I did. Okay. So. Those are both those are both fun episodes and good episodes, in my opinion. But yeah. Um. So why were you disappointed in that final episode? We had the setup in the first episode where Ultron had gotten all of the Infinity Stones in one reality. He had defeated all the Avengers. He had defeated everyone. He had destroyed everyone right, in the entire well, well, universe. Me, all right. And then we have that cliffhanger of him. Right. So, so let me so, so let me ask you real quick, you know, what did you like? What was what was the best thing about the the, the penultimate episode, the episode eight? Okay, good. I'm, I'm happy that you asked that because I can see where you're coming from on the, the final mm-hmm. episode, even though I enjoyed okay. it, but I absolutely loved the penultimate episode. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, so did I. So did I, but why did you? Well, because, because I think like I think we probably enjoyed it for the same reasons. Well, I mean, it's been pointed out on the internet by, by other articles and by other commentators and, and commenters and YouTubers and what whatnot. Uh, it was a better Age of Ultron than the movie Age of Ultron. Even though I agree with you that Age of Ultron is not necessarily as as bad as most people say it was. Because I've seen a little bit of it again, like like I you said. I didn't think it was bad, actually. I, yeah, same thing. Yeah. I, I had the same... Actually, I think we might have mentioned this on a, on an episode at some point. Mm-hmm. Where I think when we were... I, I was re-watching Marvel and all that's like the, the whole MCU. Um, Age of Ultron... 
is much better on a second viewing than on the first one. I think in the first viewing, there was so much going on that it made it hard to follow and enjoy. Mm. On the second viewing, I actually really appreciated Age of Ultron. I think it was supposed to be more of a bridge, you know, and that's the kind of why yeah. it was a bit of a weird movie at the time. I think people were still not quite buying into the full multiversal concept because, or not multiversal, yeah, the maybe. full, like, the full MCU as a yeah, one storyline. Because right? yeah, that was only yeah. like the second movie where they had brought all the, the characters together and it was supposed to act as a bridge to 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 the next phase, to all the future movies, yeah. right? But as far as me, for what if, like that was a more threatening Ultron. We actually had an age of Ultron, whereas in the movie, Ultron was a threat for a little bit. And, you know, I get it. They Maybe they wanted to try to like kind of resolve that plot a little bit more quickly. But it would have been interesting if you did see Ultron That's conquer true. a little bit of the world in the movie, right? For me, for me, the reason I love the penultimate episode is because it focused so much on the Watcher himself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, he was obviously like, the, good the, 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 yeah, well, well, the dilemma that he faced and, and all that. And, and the cliffhanger episode had us, you know, with, uh, you know, the watcher looking to get help from Dr. Strange. Now in this final episode, while yes, the watcher was there and the watcher and Dr. Strange hatched this plan and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. This final episode was not about the watcher. And that's why. I was a little disappointed because I I wanted it to be more of the watcher. And um, essentially, what if is the main character of what if is the watcher, Mm -hmm. right? In the final episode, I feel like, yeah, in in, in the final episode, he's kind of been sidelined again, just like all the other what if episodes. And for the ending of this, you know, season, I guess, uh, I felt like it should have maintain the focus on the watcher like still have like this uh guardians of the multiverse team that they created but i would have liked to see more exposition between him and strange i would have liked to see more of the contemplative dilemma more explanation of who the watcher is i would have liked to see more of that as opposed to essentially another avengers crew and then them saving the day you know i i was definitely not maybe not surprised, but like I was slightly disappointed that they didn't have like yeah an extra three two or three minutes on the episode because you definitely could have spent only about two or three minutes on the Watcher and his interactions with Doctor Strange, uh, with with uh, this per- particular version of Stephen Strange and gotten what you wanted out of the episode right because it, all it takes yeah. is a good yeah. few minutes more of conversation between the two of those characters. Um, yeah, like even five yeah. minutes of dialogue and explanation like adds a lot of weight to the episode. He was so – the Watcher Uatu was so funny and interesting in the last couple of episodes yeah. too. Like when he was yeah. panicking about Clint not finding those files on Arnim Zoma, Zoma, Arnim yeah, Zoma yeah, yeah, in the yeah, penultimate yeah. episode, yeah. that was funny. In in the final episode when they were – he was having that banter with Doctor Strange about him picking the team. And at first Doctor yeah. Strange was kind of saying it as like a bad thing. And then uh, that variant of Gamora came with the with the Infinity Stone Crusher, and Uatu was kind of bragging, like, "Yep, I picked him." Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I can agree with you on that. I mean, I want to get back slightly to the penultimate episode just because I loved it so much. I I want to say that that Ross Marquand as Ultron for me, I think like I it was so good for me. I think, and he's so good as Ultron. I think an, an I don't care what category it's in. 
I think he deserves an Emmy just for that dang episode. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I thought the way he portrayed Ultron, the lines that he that the way that he delivered them was were fantastic. Yeah. You know, his interactions yeah, thought, with, with Uatu as well, you know. Both yeah. of them were amazing in that penultimate episode. Um, and just the threat that he posed to the multiverse, I thought was really, really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so kudos to him. If James Spader doesn't want to come back to the role, I, I actually think Ross Marquand, in my opinion, was maybe even a little bit better. So I wouldn't mind if he if he continued in that, although it's a little odd that he's also Red Skull. But whatever, moving, moving on from that. Um, what was maybe like your favorite episode? Was it was it that penultimate episode, or if it was? Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely was, there... was. Absolutely, I think I think the penultimate episode was the highlight of the entire show. Was there another standout um, for you? Also, um, hmm, it's it's kind of a tie for me, actually, and I think one of them is a little bit of a of an obvious one, and one of them is yeah. not. Well, I mean, I really did really, really enjoy the, 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 um, I guess Captain Britain episode, the very first episode. Yeah. Really enjoyed it because it was such a departure and it kind of like set the tone for like what this is. It's very, but then again, I haven't seen, I do really, I did really want to see the one I was looking forward to the most is the Killmonger episode. I just haven't had time to watch it. It was good. Um, because Killmonger, I thought that like, you know, when, when Chadwick Boseman passed, uh, I thought that like one of the best ways to bring to to get a new Black Panther, even if it's for like just one movie, mm-hmm. is to redeem Killmonger, mm-hmm. bring him back to life somewhere, mm-hmm. and then make him the new Black Panther. Uh, I agreed with that. Yeah, I agreed that would yeah, be the, the I thought only that would, way. I thought it would have been great. That would be the only. I thought way it would have been great because it, because because the thing is that like it would have been the Vegeta story, which is what I explained before. It's like he was a bad guy, but he uh, was you know essentially brought back to you know if he gets brought back to life, he is now having to protect Wakanda under the shadow of the previous of T'Challa, and where he would be influenced by the. You know the the, the past. He was uh, redeemed Black and changed his way. Redeemed through so. death. I mean, they had that moment of mutual respect finally. Right, when, right. When exactly. at the end of Black Panther, yeah. so it would, it would make sense. It would make sense that like he's a different person. And yeah. he's and he and oh. you know, Michael B. Jordan is such an anime fan, and apparently his costume as Killmonger was inspired yeah, by yeah. Vegeta. Yeah, exactly. So it's perfect. Exactly. That was exactly. a really that. good episode, and. The way that they use Killmonger in the final episode was also, I think, very fun. And he looked cool in that, like, Ultron armor when he was trying to take the Infinity Stones. Uh, were, you, were you disappointed with that? Or did you like that, like, kind of characterization? So I was not disappointed. That was another disappointment is that I felt like I felt like there was, you know, I felt like they they had a lot of questions Mm-hmm. Uh, over Killmonger, like throughout the episode, you can see everyone kind of questioning him and his motivations. Mm-hmm. But then when he takes up the suit and everything, that could have been a moment, a real moment. And then it just kind of gets taken away right back. So it's like pretty quickly. It was kind of unnecessary. Yeah, it was kind of unnecessary. Nothing happened there. There wasn't anything, any any serious consequences for him taking the suit. You know, uh, the I guess uh, what's his, the the you know Zola. He he just took the suit back, yeah. you know, and and that's it. 
Yeah, maybe that was another another area where like another minute or two like of combat or some sort of confrontation with Killmonger is in with the Killmonger in the possession of the Infinity Freaking Stones, which is something that's yeah. really cool and yeah. really interesting. Somebody who who again he's like a Thanos character in that context. He wants to do yeah, good I mean, for a certain in a certain way, but like the means don't justify the ends even in this it, case. Yeah, yeah, he wants to do horrible things to some people. Good, yeah. So it's misguided. But yeah. so for me, um definitely like both of the episodes, the one with, with T'Challa as Star Lord was very funny. My favorite episode, the first one that kind of is everybody's favorite, is the Doctor Strange episode. I thought the really bleak ending was cool. Yeah, it's something that yeah. you see in what if comics a decent amount. The whole universe or something gets destroyed in the what if comics. And it was mm-hmm. fun to see one of the episodes explore that, in my opinion. Um, and the the other one that actually I really, really enjoyed, and I'm surprised actually how much I've enjoyed it from rewatching this episode is the Party Thor episode. I thought it was really I thought it was really funny. I thought it was like a good like it stuck to the yeah, Thor Ragnarok need, theme you need, kind you of. Need, you need the you need the uh the you need the uh comic relief. The, Even in a show that has a lot of like comedy. I think every show had like a lot every episode had a lot of funny moments. Yeah. Overall you still need the comic relief episodes. I think what it is for me is like it's yeah, the levity was needed, like those moments of relief before the the bleak final two episodes, right? With Ultron yeah. wrecking stuff. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I think those were some of the funnier moments of Chris Hemsworth in the MCU. I think he was just so funny. He was so funny in both of the last couple of episodes, too, as Party Thor. But yeah, like, yeah. that episode is... Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was cool. I love I loved Ultron uh, reacting to that, too. I don't think I've heard that battle cry before. Um, but... I just thought it was a funny episode. His interactions with Loki, who was who was an ice giant, a frost giant in this episode, right? Yeah, were yeah. funny. Uh, I thought his interactions with Captain Marvel and Frigga were funny. His mom, Frigga. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was one of the better episodes with Captain Marvel. I thought it was really, really fun and interesting and funny by the end, especially when she brought him the tablet with like all of the world's knowledge, so he could convince his mom that he had been there for a cultural exchange. I thought the it was fun to kind of see all the Easter eggs of all the different MCU characters just being in the episode, even if they didn't say anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I liked how it set up his his entry into the whole story and uh, how the Watcher chose him in the final episode, which was another really funny moment with him screaming. Yeah, that was a really that was that was a really funny moment. as the Watcher yeah. picked him up right and like, brought I him choose, into the I room. Choose, I choose. I choose. I choose. Oh. Let me just grab. It. <laughs> he just wasn't paying attention because of the way that his character on Captain was, Marvel. So on fun. Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. you notice that you know, obviously through here and even in like uh, the MCU, mm-hmm. the way that you know, because Captain Marvel is supposed to be the strongest being in the universe, mm-hmm. right? in the MCU. However, in the MCU, mm-hmm. however, the way they justify, like, you know, like not being able to utilize her is that she has to be everywhere yeah you know yeah yeah. i feel like that's such a cheap way to like kind of work her into the story and then work her out it is partially only because 
See, I think it would be okay if we had like a couple of Captain Marvel movies under our belt. If we had like Captain Marvel 1 and we had say Captain Marvel 2 already where we saw what she was up to during like Infinity yeah, if War we, and if stuff we saw, like that. If we, if we saw why she was so busy all over the entire universe, yeah. if we could see that, then it would kind of like help understand, make us understand like, all right, she can't he- be here because of this. I think, you know, but all we see is like we see her, we saw Captain Marvel, we saw Endgame, and then that's it. But then like, it's always like, she's never around. She's literally the strongest being, but she's just not around. Yeah. It's like, she, why why have someone this powerful if they're not going to be around? She's off helping you know? the scroll and and fighting off the Kree and all this stuff. But like, yeah, I feel like if we had more of her already, more of her character already, it wouldn't be as much of an issue. And I feel like the fact that it's arriving so late is going to kind of dampen. Yeah, I, I think because we has. are probably going to see what she has, was up yeah. to in the in the more recent movies that come out, right? So right, yeah, I, I agree with you there. But here, I think in some of the episodes. It it makes more sense, although I think it was a little silly and and cheap, but in the end, kind of fun how they had to they had to ask her not to go all out on Thor because she would like basically freaking destroy the planet you know, or like right. destroy like a lot of kill a lot of people if she went all out on him. And right, right, they didn't right. know how powerful Thor was and all that. Um, but yeah, you're right that that it kind of cheapened her in this in this uh, in what if. I guess on that note, is there a character that came back a couple of times that was recurring or that was in multiple episodes or that was in the finale that you enjoyed the most? Was was it The Watcher? Um, I, I would say it's The Watcher, you know, again, because for me, he, you know, he is what the show was about. And I think that, like, you don't realize that the show was about essentially The Watcher and, you know, his his overseeing of uh, all these different timelines. Um, I think that like, you know, you go into the show early on and you just assume that these are all just a a bunch of different worlds, a bunch of different stories that are not connected in any way. And then the watcher is that connection, you know, which is again, why I wanted more of basically, I wanted more of that connection in the end. Um, so, uh, but I am, I, I would, I would very much like to see this be an ongoing series um there's already a season two that much we know right there's already a season two but i could see this just being honestly like forever going on just because it's it's infinite timelines and you know for any issues that marvel might you know have in developing their mcu which i don't think they have had they can always use what if to patch things up they can it's like oh well this this happened over here man i really wish star wars had a what if kind of show <laughs> i wish visions they were really what if. a lot of clean up there although although if visions were what if it would be utterly ridiculous even though i loved the twins that would be that would be really hard to clean up because i love the twins man i have a lot of criticism after listening to the episode for those of you guys that haven't heard the episode i wasn't able to be on the episode but i sent mm-hmm. my reactions i only listened to the episode after the fact and i really wish i was on that episode because there's oh. some man there's some harsh criticisms there from uh, Eli from for the so, twins and and well yeah, AJ wasn't really a fan of it either. They weren't a fan of it because of how OP the characters yeah, but, were. But you and I, I guess, not that they're not anime fans, but being like anime fans, you're probably the biggest anime fan I would say in the group. But like 
I'm a pretty big anime fan and we're old school. And we're like, we love the the silliness and the craziness. Yeah. Of it. But you know, the, the thing is all of it can be explained with the simple fact that like, it's it, this is an animation period. Like it's just, it's not supposed to make sense necessarily. It's art, you know, like it's like, <laughs> you know, it's a like, multiverse. On, like, it's also after after everything that we've seen in Star Wars. So maybe they just they are just more powerful. And it's also and it's also <laughs> conceptual. You know, it's yeah. supposed to be all conceptual. You know what I mean? Like you're not supposed to go into this and try to explain everything. I just wanted to have um, fun with it, and I think that's yeah. What it is that it's I'm all, doing. Like that's that's that's. I think people just need to sometimes like stop, you know, diving so deep into everything because like you want to talk about like how realistic it is. It's freaking. Lightsabers, dude. Yeah. They don't exist. It's space wizards, as I've seen it referred <laughs> yeah, to in I this know, context. Right? It's like, y'all yeah. chill. It's just space wizards. Don't worry yeah. about like everything being super realistic or super in like yeah. universe, even. Like, have fun yeah. with it. I and on that in that note, I was I wanted to ask a question because this show, even though it can be used to patch up MCU plot holes, in a sense, might have some plot holes of its own. And okay. especially when you consider the release order of some of the episodes, um, because hold on, I have to look at the episode list here because I, I had heard and read it might be rumored, but at the same time, this is uh, what I saw and it makes sense to me um, that episode five and episode seven, the party Thor episode were actually switched in the order. Right. Okay. Um, and at the end of the Party Thor episode, which is episode seven, right before the penultimate episode where Ultron becomes a major threat, if you remember, Uatu acts very, very confused when Ultron walks into Party Thor's universe. He's, he's confused, even though he had already had a conflict with Ultron in the penultimate episode and the final episode where he entered the multiverse. So he should have been aware and not surprised in that moment by Ultron entering that multiverse. No, if you think about it, um, this brings up the idea not. though. I just want to put this out there uh -huh. and then let you, let you go. Um, where there multiple, multiple watchers, multiple Watus, Cause that's something that exists in the comics as well. There's not just one watcher. Right. So I was going to say that like, it's, I was going to actually mention this before, which is, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to like get more from the watchers is that I want to see if they're going to delve into the fact that there's multiple watchers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I wanted to see that, uh, but maybe that's for the future season and stuff like that. This, this 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 could be kind of like a, a foreshadowing or like an Easter egg or maybe Watson just you know didn't necessarily pick up on it and didn't realize it until hindsight. Sometimes we see things we see things in real life and we're like, oh, that's kind of peculiar, uh, and then we don't realize it until after the fact that like, wait a minute, that wasn't supposed to happen. This is you know you kind of go back to it, you get recalled to it. So it's possible that that could have happened to the watcher in a sense um one of mainly the... because oh sorry you no know, he's not a, like 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 very clearly he's not he's 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 quite powerful he's not all powerful yeah so yeah because Zoltron know. was able to to conquer him in that really awesome dragon ball style combat that they had in the penultimate episode which is yeah. another highlight yes. of that episode um I think that the YouTube channel New Rockstars made the point. I really like this idea that 
it's kind of like I don't know if you've seen Watchmen, the HBO series that came out recently, mm-hmm. but it was praised for how they they narratively, even though it doesn't make sense, tried to make sense of the idea that Dr. Manhattan could see all of all of reality all of the time, essentially. Like he was seeing all of reality in every time period, right. in every universe or multiverse that might exist. He sees it all at the same time and he interprets it all at the same time. What they right. had posited was that this was the way to to kind of show that like even though he still kind of knows everything that's going on he's still reacting in real time to absolutely everything that's going on at once in every multiverse right so he can still have that kind of reaction as the being that he is where he's like i knew this was going to happen but like i'm also reacting to this happening in a sense as if i didn't know what was going to happen because of the way that i perceive reality yeah it's you know it's it, odd, it is but- it is uh it's it is odd it's hard to explain um, <laughs> you know it's kind of like does does his oath have something to do with how he perceives things is it just an oath or does his oath force him to like even though he can see everything he may not understand everything okay you know yeah um it's almost like the matrix thing like it's like you know uh, with Agent Smith, you know, sort of. I don't know if this connection makes sense, but it's sort of like, um, you know, like, or not with Agent Smith, I guess. What, what was it? There was a point where it's like you can't you can't see past the the choices you don't understand. Like, it's a choice you've already made, but you don't understand it, so you can't really see past that. Was that so the- maybe that's... I think that was actually the architect. I can't. No, no, no. I think I think it was Oracle to Neo, um, where he couldn't see he couldn't see if Trinity lives or dies. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't. So maybe the Watcher can see everything, but he doesn't understand everything yet. Yeah, I mean that makes sense in in a way if you consider the type of being he he is. Like I said, so it it is a way to kind of explain that away. Do you think that this show explored the multiverse in a good way, and did you enjoy it overall? Like, I guess I think you said that at the at the at the height of the episode. So yeah, I mean, I I, I think that it does. Uh, um, I I would have enjoyed. I would have enjoyed a little bit of a tie back to our universe. Maybe we'll no. see that in season no. two. So like I, again, I I hope I'll see it in season two or Maybe. a movie. Maybe not. We'll probably see it more in the MCU, although I don't necessarily want to see it in phase four. That's the thing. Even though we're getting Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, I don't want the what if universes to be the, I guess, a driving force or super impactful in the new phase of the MCU. I, I like I can understand, like, you know, kind of like an effect, but I don't want it to be the main thing. Okay. I don't want the new phase to be all about these new universes because then you're going to make it really convoluted. I like the multiverse to live really where it is. Uh, it'll be obviously in Doctor Strange. Uh, we're going to see it obviously in Spider-Man. Um, but I would prefer that it lives in the what if. Kevin, Kevin you know? Feige has his whiteboard though. So we might see some craziness. Um, final thought. I know we really, really, really have to wrap up, but this is the theory that's going around the internet. Do you think that mm-hmm. the, the, erratic actions of Doctor Strange in the new Spider-Man film are explained by him possibly being the evil Doctor Strange, quote unquote, from what if 
that's a theory that's going around there that people are really, really, really attaching to. Uh, it's it, it's it's very possible, and I would even say likely because. Would you hate that based Doctor, on? I would. I kind of would hate that. Okay. I would hate that. Okay. You know, um, because I feel like we can do better. There's enough comic book storylines to not to not go uh, for Darkwing Duck fans not to go Mega Duck. You I, know, not to go. You know, bad guy Doctor Strange. I have a theory for how I would like it to happen that might make it really, really cool. But I'll probably do that in a future episode or offline because I know we really have to wrap up here. Um, anyways, thank you all for joining us on uh, this episode of the Get Geek Podcast. We missed the crew today, but it was an awesome conversation between Wolfie and I about what if, about some stuff we're yep, geeking out about. Uh and as usual, the final final disclaimers were recorded remotely. Let us know about that. Slide into our DMs, which are at Get Geek Podcast on all your favorite social media platforms. The best way to support your favorite podcast is to like, rate, share, and subscribe on your favorite platforms or rate us on Apple Podcasts. That is essentially the best way to help people find your favorite podcast, the Get Geek Podcast group. Uh, with that, I think we's going to wrap this up and there's not much left to say other than everybody out there stay geeky my friend. <laughs>